I'm Brian Hu. I'm Ada Singh. And welcome to Saturday School. When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Saturday School. This season, we're talking about Asian Americans in Asia. And for today's episode, we're talking about the 2015 film Soul Searching. Soul, as in the city, by Benson Lee, the director of the documentary Planet B-Boy, which you should also watch. I was remembering that and thinking, is that Asian Americans in Asia? Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. But this one is in front of the scenes. Attention students, welcome to summer school in Seoul, Korea, where you will learn about your heritage and make friends from around the world. Soul Searching takes place in the 80s, which is really fun. And it's about a group of ethnically Korean teenagers from all around the world who attend this government camp. It's like a Korean culture camp, but it's put on by the Korean government to try to get all of the overseas Koreans on the program, which is that you should care about Korea. Good diplomacy, but in the name of getting to know your roots. Yeah, there's a prologue in the beginning of the film that kind of explains it. But it was this idea that a lot of Koreans after the war immigrated to all these countries around the world and then their children ended up assimilating or just not having a tie to the Korean culture. So this was an attempt to bring some of that culture to the generation that wasn't born in Korea. In dramatic fashion, the film's prologue says that it only lasted a few years because they couldn't handle the kids. <laughs> but Benson Lee, the director, actually attended this camp in the 80s. So I think some of it was born out of his own nostalgia. Also, John Hughes movies is a big influence, as you can see in the poster. The poster is a recreation of the very iconic The Breakfast Club poster. Kids, do you know what The Breakfast Club is? <laughs> All these kids being forced to listen to us on Saturday mornings probably don't know what The Breakfast Club is. But yeah, it's like, a, you know, a very iconic 80s movie about teenagers that get in trouble and have to like do Saturday detention together. It's just like you guys, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing about The Breakfast Club and a lot of these John Hughes movies is they become a ways of seeing the different types of high school kids. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. like people who are in different cliques through the high school and like forced to be together yes and that becomes benson's way of showing the different kinds of styles and interests of koreans around the world but also the different cultural backgrounds of all these korean folks like the one who comes from germany i'm klaus kim klaus i'm from hamburg the one from california c-s-i-d no from mexico i have a really important question where are the senoritas which I think as an Asian American, you don't see that much of. Yeah, in Asian American cinema, you rarely see like a Asian American in San Francisco hang out with one from like Houston, <laughs> let alone one from around the world. Asian American cinema tends to be very local. And I think that's a good thing too. But this is one of the few that's really thinking about the diaspora in a global way. And it's funny for that reason. I mean, it's very unbalanced. Like the American ones don't really have to play off their Americanness necessarily, whereas the ones from around other countries have to like be very, very German or very, very Mexican. So much of the fun of the movie is watching Asian Americans get to be these like pop cultural figures who, you know, in the 80s, Asian Americans don't have that kind of pop cultural cool. The Sid Vicious character and then the Korean Madonna. And then you get to see Justin Chan, who he's played a relatively solid range of characters by this point. But to be a lead and to like show dramatic range and comedic range and like try to be a sex icon, it's very exciting. And then Jessica Van 
who um like she's usually there to be the sexy love interest or something soul searching she's kind of is the vixen in the story but she gets to perform the spotlight is on her and she knocks it out of the park she wants to be seen and she wants to impress people she pulls off calling people stud muffin (laughs) she does i think she says that several times i feel like that would be kind of a hard line hey there stud muffin bring the booze stud muffin yeah we're ready to remind us it's the 80s, I think. Do people not say stud muffin anymore? Do they say stud muffin? I mean, not to me. <laughs> I've never called anyone a stud muffin. <laughs> you have the three guys who are run DMC. Oh, yeah. He Jin Han. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The American Idol guy. You almost don't recognize him in that role because in American Idol, he got famous for singing Michael Bolton. How am I supposed to live without you? <laughs> But exactly, like, like he's already typed in a certain way through American culture. But then you can see him, like, break out and be part of a rap group. If you get a job, all you need to do is holler. We'll whoop the bitch's ass if you give us $20! <laughs> John Hughes is also the director who created Long Duck Dong for 16 Candles. So there's an association between John Hughes and horrible Asian-American representation. And for this crew and this cast to, like, take that format and make it totally theirs and to, like, literally strut in all of the flavor of, like, the Madonna type and the Sid Vicious type. It's a lot of fun and it's really refreshing and empowering. It's like suddenly you feel like Homecoming King and Homecoming Queen could have been Korean-Americans. You never even get the possibility that in a typical 80s film. So you see it here in full force. Yeah. At least that's how it begins. And then you realize that there's something about donning these American pop cultural masks that ultimately feel a little bit hollow i think like so much of the metaphors used for like asian in the diaspora like i don't know if you heard like like chinese americans being called like bamboo because they're like hollow on the inside i have not heard that that seems like something i should have heard before maybe you're just you got too much chinese in you that no one ever called you that but i also (laughs) see like like donning these performances might be a way to like cover up for some kind of internal emptiness and part of this Korea trip is not just to show Korea like how cool we are in America, but to like fill in that potential emptiness inside. We're hollow in the inside? Wow, I wonder if there's a Korean version of that. I don't know. Somebody tweet us. I just know about Han. Yeah, there's like so much Han in this movie, but being not Korean, I don't really know how to talk about it. There's a lot of angst. So much angst. But like that's also very John Hughes. It's very like, like The Breakfast Club. Yeah. But in a way that like John Hughes could never have imagined it. This movie brings such social weight to that problem of like teen angst that way surpasses what John Hughes was aspiring to. Yeah, yeah. For John Hughes, it was just, you know, like my parents don't understand me. You know, they forgot my birthday. Yeah. This is like the weight of my culture is the reason I can't function in society. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the first half of this movie is like total fun-loving shenanigans. All this 80s music. But the second half of this movie is really about all of them confronting the fact that they've had problems with domestic violence or just like troubled relationships with their parents. And that becomes the way that most of these characters are tied together. Mm, yeah. Why do you hate me so much? Why don't you tell me about your father? Why? I'd like to try to understand you. So much of the angst in this film, I think, is like Korean men reckoning with the legacies of horrible masculinity in their culture. And then the women are there to remind the men that you could potentially be a very bad Korean man as well. Is it true that you've been telling everybody? Get out of my face. Except for the adoptee. One of them is, for instance, like she's very happy with her family, but she was adopted. And coming to Korea is also trying to fill in something that she doesn't really quite understand either. Any memories of your natural parents? My mother. Have you thought about finding her? Like we keep talking about all these like adoption films. 
but those are all in the last 20 years. Like this 1986 when this movie takes place. Like I don't think that was in the air quite in the same way. You're following like a really bold journey of hers. Yeah. But the locals need to be found as well. You get these characters too who also have their own kind of sadness that can only be filled through their contact with these overseas Koreans. Mostly it's centered around the main camp leader played by Cha In-pyo who is a star in Korea. And it turns out he has his own issues with his family and his children too. So the Korean Americans, the global Koreans, kind of help him sort out his own traumas. Yeah, I mean, I think that goes back to what you're saying about how these characters get more weight than a typical John Hughes movie. I think in The Breakfast Club, the teacher does not get too much fleshing out, right? Yeah, I don't don't remember storylines for teachers. And then these performers that are from around the world, you realize also too that, first of all, like obviously there's so much talent out there, but also that there's like different traditions in acting, there's like different opportunities. So you have someone like T.O.U. who, even in this film, like he is good looking. Yeah, he's good looking. He knows how to act in a different way. Like he has a different kind of training. This year he was in this Russian film called Leto that was at the Cannes Film Festival and was like quite acclaimed. You realize there are opportunities outside the United States that are shaping Asian diasporic talent in different directions. So for Soul Searching to be able to include all that is a nice reminder of the different possibilities beyond just what we box ourselves in with Asian American cinema. At the same time, it's just raucous fun. Let's celebrate our destiny. Definitely. As a Taiwanese American, it reminds me of Love Boat, which I've heard so much about but never attended. It's like basically the Taiwanese version of the summer camp. I'm not even going to be that good at explaining it because for a long time I thought it was on a boat. I don't think it's on a boat, right? No, no. Taiwan is the boat. (laughs) It's like a lot of Taiwanese American teenagers supposedly going to Taiwan to learn their culture. But you hear all these stories of people just like hooking up and (laughs) getting pregnant and like tears and tears. and Yeah, and there's a documentary being made of it by Valerie So. Shout out to Valerie So. Because that actually went on much longer, like 14, 15 years. There are so many generations of people who have gone on the love boat. Yeah, and I want to see the love boat documentary, so I definitely understand how meaningful this could be for Korean Americans, especially of a certain generation, to see a story like Soul Searching as a fun 80s comedy. And it's on Netflix, so it's super easy to watch. And Valerie So's Indiegogo for Love Boat is still going on, so check that out as well. Definitely. Please support all the movies about Asian American teenagers making trouble abroad. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that feature stories and voices from the Asian American community. It's produced by me and Brian. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. Check out our website at SaturdaySchoolPodcast.com where you can find lecture notes and links to all the films we covered. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A-D-A-T-S-E-N-G. Brian's at Who's Brian, H-U-S-B-R-I-A-N. And our podcast handle is Wake Up Set School. Next week, your assignment is to watch the 2006 film Journey from the Fall by Ham Tran. Class dismissed. Oh, it's scandalous. I remember like being in college and people were just giggling about Love Boat. And then when I went to study in Taiwan, I had like teachers there who taught on Love Boat and they would say every day was a struggle. Teachers would just break down in tears. <laughs> this is probably the coolest possible Taiwanese American story period, right? Well, no, Jeremy Lin would be number one. Jeremy Lin, yeah. And then, and then Love Boat. Ang Lee. The Ang Lee story. I think Love Boat is more exciting than the Ang Lee story as, as a topic for a movie. I don't know.
Depends on how people do it. (laughs) Our Ang Lee love is strong. Look, he was struggling for so long. He was in America. His wife was supporting him. Like until his like 30s, he was almost going to give it up. And his wife was like, Ang, don't forget your dream. And then look what he's become. 